He hasn't seen me in the nude. <laughs> hasn't he, though? Hasn't he? I feel like everyone has envisioned it. When you hear me and you're like, if you're a listener, if you're a listener, you're like, yeah. You definitely envision like me totally nude. <laughs> Colton mostly nude. It's like it's like a fucking Goldilocks situation, right? Yeah. Yeah, Brian so all, always in a all suit. All I'm wearing is one Iverson sl- sweat sleeve. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> one Iverson <laughs> sleeve. That is so grossly specific. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It really is. There's a fetish there that we were just introduced to. And, and it's weird. I just wear one of those on my sack. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like red hot chili peppers from uh, like the early 90s. God, that's good. Yeah. That's real good, guys. <laughs> Uh, Jesus Christ, Colton. What is, I, I love that sometimes I think I'm super fucked in the head and then you say something so epically stupid. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. It's, it's also brilliant, but, uh, it balances it out really well. One Iverson yeah. sleeve. All right. What else are we talking about? <laughs> My brand new murder basement. It's <laughs> unbelievable how murdery you ha- can make a place. You're like, oh, they should make like a TLC show for you. It's like, <gasps> it's like Property Brothers, and then you murdering up someone's basement. That's really good. Like, so there, there's a really good Netflix show out with like a Japanese lady who walks people yeah, through the, getting rid of all their stuff. The, like, tidying show yeah yeah whatever. so and she, like her her thing is you hold something and if it brings you joy you keep it otherwise you throw it away my version is you hold it and will it help you murder someone <laughs> clean up yeah. a murder you keep it otherwise you get rid of it that's my thing <laughs> i love that and i love that the thing's popular i'm like yeah yeah lady welcome to my entire life of being an insane person <laughs> <laughs> and Colton can Colton can attest to it. Like I have little tip covers on my good steak knives, and that's like, true. Yeah, I make fun of them every time. Yeah. Do you, well, besides one interrupt, I'm glad that it seems to be able to. I can stream with you guys and record, so that's good. Okay, I was so kind of worried about the internet out here. I had I had. Oh, wait, some, what do you mean out, out there? Of there? Yeah, where? <laughs> yeah. Okay, if you're gonna have a house where you murder people, you don't want it on the grid, guys. You kind of need a, and one of the things you sacrifice is good internet. Come on. I feel like you have just a giant internet satellite. I assume that's how they work. Actually, satellite I, dish taped to the end of your laptop. <laughs> I actually got rid of the TV satellite dish they had. I took it off and used the pole for in uh, for murder, basically a signal booster and <laughs> and hanging corpses. It's like yeah. You know, you Vlad the Impaler like slid bodies down it. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. It's all about go. like the In case case. nobody knows what that means, what he did was he got big spikes <laughs> mm-hmm. and he put spears in their anus and let them slide down. Slowly where they die over the course of several days. It's history, kids. I'm teaching you history yeah. on the Still Talking podcast. All right. Yeah. So what are we talking about? That's a good question. Here, let's 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 do an intro. Let's let Colton talk a little bit about his trip, and then we can maybe do like a little bit of news information, something like that. Uh, yeah, all right. So we're not really picking a topic. <laughs> all right. This is the Still Talking podcast with Colton Zeno and myself, Brian. Today, Colton is going to walk us through his trip to where the fuck did you go? You did some things with some people out west. Mm. I went west. My neighborhood. Yes, <laughs> but I didn't have yeah, to see you. So that was a, that was awesome. Can you be more general? <laughs> yes. It's the West. Yeah. Yes. Close 
to the Pacific. <laughs> not. Except, <laughs> except not. <laughs> yeah, not even not. Where did uh, yeah, you go? I went to I went to Bozeman, Montana. It's happening. Montana is awesome. It yeah. was it was pretty awesome. Except like- on the flight back, well, in the airport on the way back when my plane was delayed for a long time. That was not awesome. Yeah. But other than that, everything was cool. Cool. Um, well, yeah, that was think- the worst walkthrough of a trip ever. <laughs> All right, awesome. That's great. awesome. Yeah. What do you guys do? <laughs> Uh, well, I'm moving to Montana soon. <laughs> yes. I'm going to become a dental floss tycoon. That's what's <laughs> yeah. going to happen. Be careful. I hear flights are delayed there often. I'm yes. just going to I'm just going to start inserting lyrics to songs into all of our podcasts since you guys don't listen we to lyrics. I had yeah. no idea that was yeah. Yeah. I, I assume you've been doing that since podcast one and it's been going <laughs> yeah. over our heads. I only speak in song lyrics, guys. <laughs> right. Well, we're all uh, familiar with uh, from Oingo Boingo. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that was really good. Uh, it was really good. Hey man, if you're going to talk about me and Danny Elfman in the same category, I'm good with it. Um, All right, Colton. Talk, what did you do yeah, with that? So, uh, so we, we went to the the craft malting conference. Uh, their guild puts on a conference every year. Last year was in Asheville. They're kind of moving it around the country. This year is in Bozeman, Montana. Um, it was really great to see just more of the West Coast craft maltsters um who didn't want to fly all the way east which makes sense what uh what was the attendance like i'd say there's probably 500 well I mean, that might be a little high three 300 to 400 people there that's still talking still talking a podcast of, arbitrary numbers thrown at you <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah like uh 250 <laughs> 75 <laughs> something around there uh last year there was a bigger focus on distilling this year there was very little focus on distilling. It was all brewing and then some a lot of uh, farming focus. Oh, that's actually, so. but regardless of your number, if it, whatever, it's still more than I think Brian and I had thought in our heads, right? Honestly, I thought it was going to be less than 100. Yeah, that's what I thought too, right? Yeah. But I know that actually, I mean, Beam sent people there last year. Yeah, I mean, I saw my favorite lecture was the Chris Malting guy. Uh, his he just went. It was like a very detailed lecture on what Chris Malting does, especially focused on floor malting. Um, just tons of pictures of all their old school floor malting, and especially like the ones that they basically. He was saying that I, I forget exactly what town they're in, but they were on the way back during World War II. Their their plant was in the flight path back, and planes would drop unload their bombs to you know save on fuel. So the plant got hit multiple times and just the kiln got absolutely destroyed. Oh, that's brutal. So he had he had some pictures of before it was destroyed, while it was destroyed, and then the rebuild after. Um, and they they kept it pretty close. There's this awesome picture of how big the malting facility is next to the town that it's in, which the town is just absolutely dwarfed by the malting facility. It's probably like three times the size. That's uh, but cool. still pretty much all, you know, operated by hand. How many, how many days was it? Was it a single-day, multi-day event? So the actual conference, I think, was only two days. It was only Saturday and Sunday. Okay. But there was a sort of master class that was happening the whole week before. So there were a couple of people that were there the whole week. I Did guess. you see any Beam people? Did Beam send anyone? I, I didn't see another distiller. Really? I don't think. I don't think. Really? Who? So it was primarily what? Brewers, farmers? Monsters, brewers, and farmers. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, essentially, after one year of focusing on distillers, they realized that they're they a bunch were, of degenerates. They were over it. And <laughs> yeah, so somehow you, you slipped they're through the cracks. They're like, these people don't know what they're doing. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Give me bourbon cream yeah, I mean, and give it to me now. <laughs> yes. Te- you know, technically Matt Drew from Bentley is in the distilling realm, I guess. Yeah. But, so he was the only other one. Oh, yeah. So uh, full disclosure, I definitely didn't listen to your interview. So, listener, in case you're curious, Colton was continuing to work while Zeno and I were doing absolutely <laughs> nothing and has a fantastic interview, which listener has listened to and even shared comment on. So apparently it's liked <laughs> By individual, not Zeno and I, because we don't listen to our own <laughs> podcast. Yeah, I mean, I don't well, know. no, you would triple the listening base. There, there you go. <laughs> okay. There you go. We I can't fuck up fuck, our numbers. I don't want to fuck things up for listener. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but no, seriously, go back if you haven't listened to Colton's interview. Uh, I hear it's great stuff. Yeah, there was a there was a pretty interesting talk I went to on sort of the impact of climate change, and basically, that's not a real thing. My president told me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that's that's what the talk was. It was only a minute. <laughs> what I took away from it mostly was we don't know because it was all projections to thirty twenty two, and that basically what's what's going to happen is you just have to sort of change the crop that you're growing, and hot growing crops will just grow north, and we'll just probably lose some cooler climate cop, crops. Which bar, barley is a cooler yeah, climate. Exactly. I was like. So. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So back to the malting worlds, I'm curious, did they have any talks or seminars about changing technology, innovations, trends? You know, what kind of trends are you seeing in the malting world? Terroir. 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 I would say the biggest trend that I saw, I don't know that this was a talk, but um, yeah, I, I first went probably three years ago. Just the scale of operations that people are talking about has grown substantially. I think maltsters are starting to realize that Operating a two-ton malting system really can't make you any money. You got to be four or five tons at least to actually make it worthwhile. Are we seeing any mergers, acquisitions in that world? Are we seeing some consolidation? Hmm. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's there yet. And these guys are obviously very focused on on craft. Sort of. They kind of have to craft be, right? world. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I mean, if, if you think about it, their so their minimum prices are usually what twenty, thirty cents a pound higher than. Sort of your big, bigger scale, right? And they're pri- operations, so they're how primarily do you sell, how serving do you sell local, that? right? Yeah, kind I just don't see. Players. I don't see that being a good acquisition for a big monster. No, it's like more trouble than it's worth. Yeah, yeah, it's just no, big monsters kind of have it cornered. I hate to say it. So, from the distilling perspective, you two as buyers, what are you looking for in a mal- a monster? Like someone you're going to work with. Who's going to do your malting? What do you, you know, what are the key aspects? What kind of technology? What kind of know-how? What kind of products? Like, how do you go about picking someone who knows what the fuck they're doing? Well, I mean, that's that's kind of where, like, I would have to do more due diligence on a craft maltster than I feel like I have to do on a big guy. Yeah, exactly. I know, I know that the big guys are doing scientific trials and, and testing each lot and every variety and everything that they do. You kind of got to do a little research for a, a smaller newer craft distiller or craft maltster and then pay 30 cents more on top of that. Okay. So, so let me ask. So their, their point, their selling points are local. Okay. I'm more, you know, I'm working with the community. They know the farmers. I know the farmers. You can know, you translate it to a marketing angle where you get more return on sure. investment? You can charge a higher price, all of that good stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, you could, but but that's not indicative of quality. And I always like I always like to pump the brakes on the local vor thing. Like uh, just because it's local doesn't make it good. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that I want local Louisiana barley. Yeah, exactly. You don't. So, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, that's fine. I mean, I know who I use, and it's like I get a C of A. I I know all the data, and I am a one email or phone call away. Honestly, I hate to say it, but it's like customer service plays a huge role in it for me. Yeah. And I'm sure that the smaller people would do that too, but it's a little weird because the way I've used barley now in the last five years is I'm not as focused as someone who's making single malt or, yeah. you know, it's it just, it's just, it's, I'm, I'm not as focused on it as someone that would really care about. I think brewers, it's huge. Like they're, they definitely got to capture that craft brewing market. And that's where it's really for distillers. I don't know. I don't know how many, how many distillers are buying super niche craft malted barley. Yeah. I, I mean, I see some, but they got to be close. They, that's where they have to be local. There's no, yeah. it's very unlikely I'm going to buy something from across the country unless they have some weird specific, you know, if they have Pacific Northwest Pete, I might try that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's like uber specific, right? Like, yeah. But I can tell you two distilleries that do their own craft malting. Yeah. Right. So that kind of sucks for them too. So they're really up against it. And I think what I took away from your little, what you were saying there is like the scale. If they're not bigger, it's almost not worth it. But I mean, a five ton system is, is tiny. Right. It's still not. What was in Asheville? What did we see in Asheville? That was them moving to a 10 ton. And that's still pretty small, but they started with a one ton, right? And then they quickly realized that wasn't enough, moved to a four, I think. I mean, that guy was uh, awesome. And that still wasn't enough. I had yeah. a I had a blast there, and his malts were, I mean, they were good. Like, I was like, this yeah, is. Yeah, his, his business point. partner is the president of the malting guild. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. They're in it. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. doing, they're doing good work. And I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. I can see why they're malt there. And that, the fact that you're in Asheville makes a lot of sense. Because and what I thought was really interesting that would be more probably positive to distillers was they use mostly six row. Yeah. I think that's just, that's just what grows better around there, but that's at least a better marketing angle for distillers. Yeah, I use six row. I use six row at the last two places I've worked now. No. Yeah, because it has more rows. It's better. Yeah, it's all yes. about the rows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's more than two, so I think this is better. I want it. Yeah. Give it to me. Charge me more. Take my money. I'm not going to start distilling until they genetically modify it so we get a few more rows in there. <laughs> then then I'll be interested. I Well, again, it's me, what I'm using barley for. It, there's some flavor element. There's a, a lot of flavor element too, but not really, right? It's, if you were making single malt, yeah. It's, right. Sure, yeah. That, that's that's, where a, really that's, a different, that's a different story though. I'm not. Okay, so. so since we're kind of already on this topic – and I don't think we've touched on that too much before. Did you see at this convention, were they talking at all about GMO versus organic? Is that still a conversation that's happening in that world? No, because they're, you know, they're realistic. Right. That's, they know the difference between bullshit. <laughs> they have to, they have to grow and, shit. <laughs> yeah. 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 And if listener doesn't know, trying to grow organic is really really fucking hard in an agriculture or is seven times the chemicals so yeah and but, seven but times the, the sprays excuse me right. you should you should get non-gmo corn <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> doesn't exist here's a story it doesn't really exist 
So uh, we mean, did we did go to a talk that was kind of a combination of a bunch of different university breeding programs, and they had tracked. Uh, that's a really good name for a sex tape. I'm just, I'm sorry. I couldn't leave that one out there. It's not bad. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they, they had tracked the uh, genetics of, I don't know how many barley varieties, and they were basically starting to build a genome of the best malting varieties. They're, they're still very much in their infancy, but it was cool to see this beginning of that process and how they're doing it, where they want to go. Is that open source or is that, is there any kind of corporations behind that? Out of curiosity. I, no, I think it's just universities. universities. Um, Oregon State. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure their funding comes from some yeah. some grants and stuff. But Oregon um, State yeah, was doing that work, like when we were. Yeah, there. they were part yeah. of it. Yeah, um, Montana and then Colorado State as well. Okay, that's actually really interesting. Yeah, I know. On the here in Washington, they do a lot of the universities will do research on different apple varieties and kind of genetic crossbreeding, things like that. And if they, they'll come up with actually trademarked varieties, there's a couple now, Cosmic Crisp, a bunch of others, that they'll work with farmers to grow, breed, sell, and market, but they'll actually make it like an exclusive contract. They'll only allow a certain number of people to grow it. They're really kind of keeping tight reins on it, which part of that is to recoup the cost of the research that goes into it, which... I've always found it kind of fascinating. So I kind of think that, you know, everything's cyclical, right? Like it was hops for so long, right? And yeah. hop contracts and this varietal of hop and this, right? These hops that are like, we made this hop specifically for you. And now there's a lot of that with barley too. Not that it wasn't there before. And I'm sure that there's still, a but yeah, but I mean the trends, the trends also for brew is going towards loggers and stuff too. So lower hopped, beers you're going to focus more on barley anyways uh, and then craft distilling obviously is going to focus a lot more on right you know, grain grain you know we always push grain quality and grain variety and bloody butcher and, and all whatever so you're well, reiterating that's irrelevant my point now because it's the year of rum guys we've already yeah but that. i did it better yeah <laughs> uh, okay you're like i'm articulate and not an idiot both yeah, i things. asked somebody and they said i've never heard that it's the year of rum you just <laughs> said uh, Year of tequila, which arguably it, it might be, but no, it's not. It's as much the year of tequila as it is the year of rum. Sorry, I don't know. You look at tequila sales versus rum sales. I bet at least growth. Tequila is pretty solid. I mean, mezcal is a big part of that, obviously, which obviously is a subset of tequila. But I mean, you don't. Not everything is Casamigos. You have one Casamigos, and that eats up a there lot of the zero, market share. There are zero Casa rums. Casa rums. <laughs> the year of rum. <laughs> you know, we all said it wasn't the year of rum. Yeah, yeah, oh, we yeah. really did. We did. The year of brandy. Yeah, I, I I'm definitely, drinking Calvados right now. I think we should definitely earmark uh, our some of our non-existent funds to go down to Mexico and do a tequila episode. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we're sending you first, so yeah. right? <laughs> you're gonna map it out. Make sure we're fine. <laughs> Fuck sure a donkey. I'm sure I don't ransom for very much. So. <laughs> well, that's kind of the key. <laughs> and they're gonna take one look at you and realize your organs are worth nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like these are trash. <laughs> yeah. They actually replaced some what of are them you, for 80? you. They felt bad. <laughs> <laughs> they gave me some organs. Um, so, Colton, what did you take away from that little trip to Montana? Yeah, it was it was mostly, you know, what, what we've talked about is that it's not really distiller ready yet. Their marketing and just the way they are operating is focused much more on brewing. Um, and there's not really a good sort of 
slide over to the distilling industry. Okay. It's too expensive for us, at least. Uh, I mean, sure, do one product line, but having your base malt be 90 cents a pound is... That's pretty wild. Yeah, it's insane. When you're, you know, when you, especially when that's upfront cash and you're waiting for it to age out for two, three years. I don't know. But on on the flip side, they're doing a lot of research that's going to benefit us in a few years. Right. So they're doing a lot of research and experimentation of different barley varieties and different malting techniques that eventually, you know, the brewers will experiment and they'll learn some stuff. And then we can pick that up from there and say, all right, this is what it looks like. Well, it'll work for us we can get this new unique flavor out of it. How do we make it taste like rum? That's this year's spirit. That's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, first Brian, we have to- <laughs> Brian, you just dadded the fuck out of us. <laughs> he like really wasn't paying did. attention the fuck out of anything. We were I'm, actually, He's like, I'm looking at my phone thinking yeah. about the next thing I'm going to do and just, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're like, not, yeah, dad. I, yeah, daddy. I got into a fight and won the championship today. <laughs> All right. So you'll get a kick out of this. So I did the dad thing to my two-year-olds, and I may have inadvertently scarred him forever. He Excellent. has he has this thing where everything is, like, anything that's kind of scary, he calls zombies. And so he's constantly like, zombies? Zombies? And we're like, no, buddy, no zombies. Zombies are pretend. So it's like half a game, half kind of scared of them. And we were sitting there, and I was working on the computer, totally not paying attention to my children because I'm an asshole. And my poor little two-year-old comes up and he heard something in the other room and he's like, daddy, zombies? And I'm like, yeah, buddy, just totally not paying attention to what he says. (laughs) And I say, yeah, zombies. And he kind of lets out this sad whimper, lies down on the floor next to me and kind of curls up and just starts to whimper, realizing that he had thought at two years years old he was going to die from zombies and he'd just given up (laughs) on life. And curled up. And I had to, like, calm him down and tell him again, zombies aren't real. I, that was the first time I had real repercussions from doing the whole dad, yeah, thing. I felt pretty shitty. But I like the cut of his jib. That's how I fight. Right. Curl up and give up. (laughs) He's just like, it's over. I'm two. What am I going to do? Yeah, I'm like, I had a good run. Yeah, (laughs) it was a good shot. Like, that's the thing. He didn't outright cry. He didn't run away. He just kind of whimpered and laid down. Good tactic. Oh, Okay. So I don't think I've told you guys about this, or I don't think we've talked about it much. We can keep this in or not. News. Give us news. news. I've got some news. That's uh, our news segment. News segment. I may or may not have inadvertently started another distilling guild association thing. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say podcast. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I actually cool, have a successful. podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, there's there's no podcast I'm ever going to be involved in that will be successful. Don't worry about that, guys. <laughs> no, so next week at ACSA, they've been generous enough to offer us a room. And I've been working with um, some different universities and PhDs and actual smart people, unlike myself, around the country. And they wanted to start a society of distilling scientists and technologists. Well, that's so pretty cool. Yeah, so it'll be an American-centric... You know, so this is what we talked about. Yeah, yeah. Like but you guys like, came up with the idea, and I gave it to someone else, and they're doing it. No, so we didn't I, come up with the idea, but like, yeah, <laughs> we've had this conversation. But let's see it to come. You, you can put it, make it come to fruition. That's awesome. Right. So for the last couple of years, actually, I've been working with Gary Spedding. Gary, yeah. Uh, Gary's amazing PhD, just high level, amazing writer, amazing just scientist, chemist, knows his shit. 
So he's really wanted something like this for a while in the United States because there are a couple different international versions of these kind of groups, but they do not focus specifically on the U.S. So I've kind of been helping just kind of on a steering committee, helping him out with a few other people. And so we're going to have our first in-person meeting at ACSA next week and then send out kind of official invites to people along with kind of a survey questionnaire of what people want to see. So again, you know, there's the argument, there's already so many trade associations, there are already so many guilds and groups. So I think it will be important to get these people together and talk about what they want and what's different about their, what they're going to do. And I know one of the keys is they want to make sure that they're working with all the other groups you know, they're, they're not tied in specifically with ACSA or ADI, but they are working with both those groups along with, you know, Discus and other groups to a lesser degree. But I think the main goal is really just build out a high level technical group in society that can kind of gather, like Colton was just saying, gather some of those research projects and consolidate them into one place so that we have, you know, as an industry, we have a place to go to that we can quickly and efficiently research and look up at the past research that's been done without having to go to multiple sources. Yeah. I noticed that you so, haven't asked us to be a part of this. <laughs> right. Cause it's I'm still move. not sure why, why they're talking to me multiple times in a, like some of these conference calls I've had, I've pointed out I'm a publisher. I'm not a scientist. I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about half the time. Why am I on this call? And I assume it's mainly because of my sparkling personality. So yeah. that's that's really it. So so you kind of what I kind of want to do since I think we're beyond the mall conference thing and ACSA Colton's literally leaving tomorrow. You know, you have the conference coming up. What are you looking forward to? Brian, you already blew your wad. So, I did. That's um, that's my main thing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I love what you're saying there. It's kind of, we've talked about it on this podcast before. It's a IBD for us, right? Like, so I think that That's it. what that will become, you know, evolve into is some kind of real solid educational certification reference point and access to research is awesome. And I want to throw this out there because we didn't freaking talk about it and I feel bad about it. And I had to see it in the ADI newsletter to remind me about it, but, uh, Chris Berglund at Michigan State. That yeah. that's kind of a shitty thing, and a lot of people talk about Dave Pickroll. I think Chris Berglund did as much, yeah, in a different way. Yeah, and I um like I know like, didn't Johnny study under him too? Like he did, and, yeah, yeah he and educated a whole a generation, like right. Like yeah. and there's a lot of people who feel a lot of way with that program that he was there. But no lie, before I went to Oregon State, I looked there because it he was like the only game in town yep and and that information was just like that book was right. just out there right right uh, yeah so it's a totally different aspect it. of it but like that that was a loss and he's been kind of out of it he's separated himself from a lot of things in the recent year he did and uh but like yeah him passing away kind of was like people should recognize chris Berglund and I was glad to see that in that ADI newsletter. I was like, oh, shit, I am a terrible human being. But uh, we all knew that, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, I just want to say – I want to throw that out there too, especially in the context of technical education and universities and building some kind of program. Yeah. It's going to take forever. I will say that. Yeah. 
but it's worthwhile. Colton, what are you looking forward to at ACSA? Uh, I'd say the biggest thing I'm looking, well, a couple things. One, just the after awards show where everyone comes and hangs out with all the spirit bottles that got entered. So you actually get to drink with a couple hundred people that made what you're drinking. That's always one of the highlights for sure. Specifically, I'm super excited uh, for the safety committee meeting because I'm having a very difficult time getting anyone to answer safety emails. So, I would actually I'm like to get point them out in a room and corner them that I am on this committee and I have never once responded to Colton's email about the committee, not even in solidarity. So yeah, he's hundred percent right. We're a shitty, terrible committee. So I'm real excited about that. And, and I'd like to point out it's the biggest committee ACSA has. I'm really, I'm going to turn it into sort of a, uh, Festivus style airing of grievances. <laughs> it's going to be so good. Are you going to lock the door? People will feel unsafe. <laughs> it's good. Well, I'm, I'm, I wish I was going. I do. I mean, I'm, it's, I'm telling you, man, Mardi Gras is ridiculous here. So there's a lot. Oh, that's that right. That's coming up. up. Yeah, it is. Yeah. There's a lot that I'm building up for. So there, I, I might try and make it to ADI actually. Um, I'm going to forward you though, this, this message from my contact, Cody Snyder from AB biotech. He's the North American technical applications manager. So he said he's giving some, he has a part in the, he is in the itineraries talking about something. I imagine it's yeast related. Everyone that I met from AB biotech or AB Mari was awesome. So I want you guys. Mostly, mostly bread yeast. Yeah. I want you guys to go <laughs> see what that's all about. And it's tough. It's like when I see these guys, like I've seen some of the big engineering firms come there and they're like, uh, they don't really know their audience yet, right? Because they're dealing with massive Scotland distilleries or massive American distilleries. So our industry is still relatively young, right? So they don't know the best way to approach it. And I've seen a lot of these fall flat. Not that I'm when saying... I- a I, ten I, kilogram box lasts you a month, right? Exactly, <laughs> right. And like, does that matter? And maybe, yeah. Sure. Right. It, depending on if you want it to matter, right? Like, it depends on what you want to do. But I, yeah, I don't know what the context of his talk is, but you guys should connect with him because they've been solid. They've been good to me. Is that where you're getting your yeast from? No, <laughs> not, <laughs> not not no, not at all. <laughs> Um, but I've contemplated for what I will end up doing down in the sugarcane fields. I will probably utilize some of his services. Can I be more vague about that? <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, I might possibly <laughs> add a place. <laughs> I still understand go. what a place is. Go beggar. <laughs> yeah. I. <laughs> Ooh, good one good one i just made noises that's my go-to um yeah that's pretty cool i i think that what i always look forward to is just seeing the same people i see right like we always talk about that yeah right like i'm like oh hey shit i see you like twice or three times a year maybe yeah you guys are my best friends for the next week <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then i will completely forget about you <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I will totally eat cheese in your hotel room. Cheese. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that's what you took away from me. <laughs> I really did. I didn't even dad you that time. I was legitimately yeah. excited about cheese. Ugh. 
Jeez. It should be it should be a good time. It's gonna be cold as shit. Uh I just want to throw it out there that it was like seventy-seven degrees <laughs> here today. Uh when I land tomorrow, it's supposed to be negative seventeen. So. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Have a real I, good time with that. I was sweating my ass off today. I was like, this is awful. <laughs> Gross. So my question to you, Zeno, since you're not going to be at ACSA and you may or may not be at ADI. What would you like to know about ACSA? What do you want us to go and like report back to you? What are the big key elements you want to find out about? Uh, I'm always super interested in, I like to know who wins what. Like, I like to know the results of the awards, right? Yeah. I do we that. could tell you that now. <laughs> <laughs> they won't be right, but we could. Yeah, we could up. definitely say some shit. <laughs> yeah. It, Brian's in, bourbon cream won it all. Yeah. yeah. Aquavit won in a whiskey category. That's <laughs> yeah. um, you were the judge on that table. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Well, no, because that's why, part of the reason why I won it. Cause I'm like, Oh man, I'm a judge. I want to know what happened. Like, even though I completely forget everything that happened, <laughs> every me. element of it. I also, I'm always interested in what, back to your point, Brian is like, what technical talks are there? Yeah. That's what, like, you know, I fancy myself some sort of, I try to be a scientist in some aspects of my life, <laughs> right? I'm very delicate in that. I'm like, I'm a very shitty scientist at best. But, but science is involved. But science is involved. But, uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm always drawn towards the technical talks and see what they're bringing to the table and what kind of interesting things people are doing. And yeah. it's like, That's you know. That's like, always a little frustrating to me. Is like obviously I I too want to go to all the technical talks, but I also feel like I I want to be more rounded as a distiller person and know a little bit about you know the business or the sales side too. Yeah, but, that's why. Like if you're going for your company, it's best to have a team or at least yeah. two people to divide and conquer. Yeah. Um, I think they're doing. I think they're recording and putting it up for members on the website this year, though. Well, and they should. Uh, didn't they send all the, all the powerpoints, all the decks, like from all the presentations? Can't you get that? I they think should. so. I, I mean, I think that's a great thing. There's some of those. I mean, shit. I went with Chris Beatty all that time ago, and it was right when Lost Coast was doing their accelerated barrel aging, and you know that has metastasized into something that is. A whole, oh, how, a whole how crazy conversation, you, right? Like, how fun do you think the TTB suggested changes talk is going to be? Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> right. It's going to be wild. Someone's going to have to fucking moderate that. So the one I'm most interested in is all the questions that everyone on the board and everyone on the uh, legislative committee are going to get about FET because that's another one that you know FET oh. runs out this year and everyone is kind of starting to uh, subtly freak uh, out. But Wyden so. just reintroduced it, which is a really positive sign. It's a great first step. Yeah. I don't know that it will do anything or go anywhere, but that was a great Yeah, we're in a pretty tough to climate. Uh, Here we go. Yeah. Right. That's it's, it's the FET podcast. With, <laughs> it's your irreverent FET podcast. <laughs> oh, I forgot to say that. Jesus Christ, I did a shitty job on my intro. I know. That's why I made that. Um, uh, all right, see, I'm tired of this. Too, I'm yeah, going to grunt. Do it. Uh, I don't even know what our topic was, but final thoughts. <laughs> I have a final thought that has nothing to do with anything we talked about. So excellent. That's on topic. <laughs> uh, we are a small community, and one of the things I wanted to bring up is uh, I've got a buddy over in Oregon, Kevin Barrett at Swallowtail Spirits. He's the vice president 
of the Oregon Distillers Guild. And just, I believe it was a week or two ago, he had a pretty nasty fall from a ladder and got hurt real bad. And he is owner-operator. So he's he's okay. He's had some surgeries. He's getting taken care of, but he can't work right now. So I know there's a GoFundMe page, but also if anyone in Oregon is listening or anyone in the Pacific North Northwest that has some time, maybe uh, when I get back from Minneapolis from ACSA, I'm going to probably head over there and try to help out, you know, put up some fencing, do some painting, things like that they need on the property. So, but my final thought is we are a small community. If you have friends or you have people in the industry you may not know, but they may be in a time of need. Volunteer some time. That's a big thing to help out. Uh, we've got another, you know, another friend of a friend we know in uh, Las Vegas, right, Colton? Do you, yeah. do you have that uh, recently the distiller just passed away and his wife has left to try and, you know, run the distillery. Run the, with, run the business. Run right. the business. And so that's another thing we're trying to coordinate to see if we can help out as, you know, the three of us have talked about this before, but... Those are the kind of things I want to keep on everyone's radar is if you hear things in Facebook uh, groups or on press releases about friends needing help, you know, donate some time if you can do it. It's hard for all of us, but it's it's a big deal. Oh, I heard. Okay, that was really nice, Brian. Uh, You really bring a dark element to this podcast all the time. (laughs) Thank you, man. I really do what I can. (laughs) Like, I'm like, dick joke. I like science, dick joke, science, kind of more of a dick joke. (laughs) And then you're you're like, something serious. I really like Uh, to end every podcast on a really morbid note. That's important. Yeah. (laughs) You just keep them coming back. (laughs) (laughs) I, I think right, so. I got my final thought. Is we started talking about Colton's trip to Montana at the Maltsters, right? And then we we went into some ACSA and we we talked about your first meeting that you're having there, starting in the new guild or whatever the hell you're calling it, Brian. But honestly, the the core of what the three of us do is kind of like it's learning, right? We really have. There's a thirst for knowledge, and it's not us. Like I know the whole industry is like that. Well, at least I hope that it's like that. But, you know, everyone is curious and everyone wants to be better and wants to learn more and wants to know what other people are doing to learn from it. And we are a small community and there's a lot of like, I love when the egos are curbed and say, hey, we did it like this and it sucked. Or they're like, oh, yeah, well, we did it like this and it worked out. And like, oh, shit, let me try it. And that's the beauty of it right now. And I've said it before on here. It's the same way with the old boys in Kentucky. I mean, there's a reason those old guys talk to each other all the time because they share like, yeah, yeah, we're going to do this and try this. And that, that's really, that's really great with the community, but keep that thirst for knowledge alive. And, you know, I'm not going to ACSA and that's a bummer, but uh, I, I try to, I'm going to try to go to at least one of them every year, ACSA or ADI. And then there's other conferences I end up having to go to too. So but I think that, you know, the thirst for knowledge is really the basis of this podcast. It's not the uh, penis jokes. <laughs> surprise for me. I know listener will be very surprised. It's the thirst for <laughs> penis. <laughs> oh, you brought it back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess just bouncing off that a little is, you know, the whole reason we started this is these these were the conversations we were having anyways. And we thought maybe we should spend a lot of money, make no money. And yeah. put it out to the world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in 20 years, when we're trying to make something of ourselves, 
it can come back to haunt us. Absolutely. I'm very excited for one of you to run for political office. Hey, hey if, I can, if you can get away with saying, yeah, grab her by the pussy, I feel like I'm pretty good. Like, I'm, I'm all right. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, obviously we, we go to a lot of conferences and I, I know, you know, there's only one of you listeners. So the likelihood that we do run into you is low. Uh, but come, come talk to us. We, we want to have these conversations with, I'm tired of these two. So Absolutely. I've yeah, heard everything should, they have to say. You should listener, you should definitely come talk to me at ACSA. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Come find Zeno. He's gonna be at our booth, which we don't have. Yeah. <laughs> He's making jokes, but we'll be giving out his phone number. So yeah. just come ask for it. Yeah. We actually printed out business cards for Zeno. It's that would just be fucking hilarious, actually. And, and I would be like okay with it. And I would answer every fucking one. Uh good final thoughts, guys. Cool. All right. Find um, us on social media. Yes. <laughs> well, you really push that hard. There's an Instagram story here. It's like, we have a podcast. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hey, that was the most legitimate push for us getting like some sort of social media traction I've ever done. So take it. <laughs> do we have an Instagram? Uh, yeah, we do. Oh, we sure I, do. I, yeah. I've actually <laughs> seen someone post a thing on it the other day. It was great. <laughs> Wait, someone posted something? <laughs> Should I get on the Instagram? I, I have this like inkling suspicion that Colton is doing things behind the scenes, like on our <laughs> website and on the social media. So yeah, listener, if you're interested, uh, find out what Colton's doing. You're gonna suspicion. like it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, listener, it's, thank right. you for listening to our Thanks, Reverend guys. Industry podcast. I snuck it in at the end. Uh, appreciate it. Love you guys. Cheers. <laughs>